Lord, thank you again for your word that is truth. We recognize that you said we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. And Lord, we just expect a freedom to come this morning in the supernatural, in the manifestations of the Spirit for all of us as we open our heart to you and what you have to say. Lord, thank you for Johan's preparation. Give him your words to communicate, your heart. But Lord, speak to us individually through what he shares. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Ross. Um, just before I begin, I just want to add on to what was already said this morning. I believe there's something of God's joy for people here today. If you're struggling with joy, um, then he has joy for you. And, uh, and I believe it's to do with you know, that beautiful song that the team did a great job this morning and they led that, um, Matt led that song, I Surrender All. And as you surrender, I believe that um, what happens when we give everything to God, that he starts to give things back to us. And uh, it gives it, it, there's room for him to then deposit things like joy into our lives. So if that's for you today, receive joy. Give it all up and uh, receive. So like Russ mentioned, I have been uh, banging on about this now for four weeks. Um, hopefully you've got the message. Uh, but just in case you haven't, I'll have another crack at it. And um, we're going to stay in the, the passage we really started from last week. Uh, we'll not stay there, but we're going to begin there, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, where it says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. So we've been talking about the manifestation of the Spirit. And we started off talking about love because if you don't have love, you're wasting your time. Go home and watch TV. You need love. So we talked about love so that we can build everything that we're talking about in, in regards to manifesting his presence here on earth in the basis or the foundation of love. It's important. Everyone say love. love. Great. Got it. So then we talked about the Holy Spirit because he, of course, is the power that manifests in us. And so we, we talked about what that means and um, who he was and how do we get him and all that sort of stuff. And then last week we talked a bit about what is a manifestation. And I, I shared uh, with some of you that that comes from a Greek word, phanerosis, which means to cause something to be fully known by revealing clearly and in some detail. To make known, to make plain, to reveal, to bring to the light, to disclose. So it's something that happens outside of us. It's something that happens publicly. It's something that happens that we can see or hear or smell or touch. The Spirit doesn't manifest inside of us. It happens outside of us. What happens inside of us is that we hear something from God or we believe we hear something from God. Mary got up this morning and she shared a prophetic word for the nations. It started with her believing she heard something from God. And then in faith, she got up and she grabbed the microphone 
Now, it's her act of faith and action on, based on what you believe. And then she shared that. We all got to hear that, and it was made manifest in our presence. What God was doing was revealed. Isn't that cool how it works? So if I'm going to pray for someone, it starts with the belief, if I'm going to pray for someone, say someone's sick. Say Tim's sick here, and I want to pray for healing. It starts with the belief that God is healing. And then through faith, I go up to Tim and I say, can I put my hands on you? And he's like, no, COVID. <laughs> and I say, all right, can I pray for you? And he says, yes, pray for me. And so I pray for him in faith because of what I believe. And then it's up to God to be manifest. It's not my job to manifest him. It's his job to be manifest. It's my job to operate in faith in what I believe. Clear? Which means if I pray for Tim and he doesn't get healed, I don't say to him, it's because you lack faith, brother. Don't ever say that to anyone if you're praying for healing. You may have had it said to you, I don't believe it's in the Bible. I don't believe it's of God. I think it stems in people's ego. Um, Don't ever say that because if I pray for Tim and he gets healed, do I take credit for the healing? Did I cause the healing? Was it the way I spoke? Was it my eloquent prayers and the way that I clamped my hand upon his head and pushed him over? Did these things cause the healing? Who caused the healing? Jesus. Such a good class today. Jesus caused the healing. So that means if I'm not responsible for the healing, then I'm not responsible for if it doesn't happen. This is, this is what Jesus is doing. All I'm responsible for is to believe what I've heard and step out in faith. And that's what any of us are responsible for when it comes to manifesting him uh, in the spirit. Faith is not some sort of currency that pays for a miracle. You know, when Jesus raised people from the dead, it's not because they, the dead person had faith. They're like, oh, you know, the, Jesus carried the faith, isn't it? So, so I, can't, I can't pray for someone and then blame them for having lack of faith. It's my faith because I'm acting on what I believe. They're just there to receive. So faith isn't some sort of currency that we build up and we can buy a miracle with that faith. All faith does is positions us in a place where then God can manifest through us. If we believe something, we then position ourselves there because of that belief. Now it's up to God. The fact that you pray for someone for healing is faith enough. You know, there's been a sort of a, a false idea in the church that um, there's big faith and there's little faith. And it comes from predominantly from this passage in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, where it says, So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So what happened, I'll just give you some context for this. The disciples had been praying for someone to be delivered. Um, they had a demon in them and that they couldn't do it. And they went to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, what gives? We couldn't, we couldn't do that thing. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, 
in the um, NIV, they actually add the words faith as small as a mustard seed. And some translations um, focus on the size of the faith, but it's not actually in the original. It doesn't talk about the size of the faith. It says faith as a mustard seed. So the takeaway point from this is it's it's not about having big faith or having little faith. It's about having faith. That's all you need. Just have faith. Use the faith that you have. And then it's up to him. So we don't heal, he does. We don't manifest, he does. We can't take credit for it working, so we can't take credit for it not working. It's up to him. But what are the uh, different manifestations? We read through 1 Corinthians at the start of the, um, of the sermon today. Uh, and I'll put them up here and we'll just briefly touch on each one of them. But today I'm, I'm going to mainly talk about the prophetic because that's something we see most often here as we meet corporately. So there's what's known as the word of wisdom. This is supernatural wisdom, not wisdom you get just from being old. Uh, you do have wisdom from just being old and learning stuff in your life, but it's not that. It's supernatural wisdom, which means it's by the Spirit of God who will give you an answer or a, a, a solution to a problem which you can then um, use in your life or share with someone who needs that. Uh, the next one is knowledge. So this is supernatural knowledge. So you know something about someone that you can't possibly know, that the Spirit has revealed that to you. Russ stood up a few weeks ago and said, um, oh, I've got a sore shoulder and I don't normally get a sore shoulder. So what I believe God is saying is that someone here has a sore shoulder and God wants to heal them. So that's a word of knowledge. Uh, faith, this is the... the um, the supernatural manifestation of faith is different to just having ordinary faith uh, or faith as in an action or faith for salvation. This is a supernatural faith where you know something's going to happen. And it looks to the person on the outside, when someone's operating in supernatural faith, it looks risky. They're, like, are you, they're thinking, are you serious? You're not going to do that, are you? But the person who's been given that in that moment, that supernatural manifestation of faith, know that it's going to work. And so they... Uh, just go for it. It's an exciting place to be. Uh, the healing, we've just mentioned that. That's, of course, um, healing. We can't do that in the, in the natural. Uh, it's all him. Miracles, walking on water, feeding the 5,000. These are things, supernatural occurrences in the physical realm. Prophecy, uh, this is um, revealing something about God's truth in the, the present or the future um, or his potential or the potential future, something that you might be able to step into. Discernment. Uh, now, this is different to just discernment that some people have. You, I've heard people say, oh, I'm a very discerning person. That's nice. It's good that you're discerning. But the manifestation of discernment is discerning the spirit behind a matter. So is it... Um, is it an evil spirit behind whatever the situation is? Is it God or the Holy Spirit behind whatever the situation is? Or is it just flesh? That's what the manifestation of discernment is about. And the last one, there is nine because uh, the last one is tongues and then interpretation of tongues is the ninth one. I've just put them together so that my um, it's a nice grid. I didn't, I didn't want five on one side and four on the other. All right. And they also go together because when we're talking about a corporate setting, 
Uh, tongues are important. Tongues are really important for self-edification, and it says that in the Bible. Um, in fact, it says that in, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4 and 5, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now remember, we're talking in the context um, of a corporate setting where we see the gifts of God or the manifestations of God operating through us. And so uh, we all benefit from that. And, and we read that in, the, in verse 7 in 1 Corinthians. So it goes on to say, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless... Indeed, he interprets that the church may receive edification. You see, it's about us all understanding what God is saying. It's about us all being built up and strengthened by what God is saying. And so if you speak in tongues, that's great for you. You're edifying yourself, but the rest of us are like, well, what's in it for us? So um, that's why it's important if we do it in a corporate setting that it gets interpreted and we can all then benefit from what God is saying and what he's showing us and what he's doing, given for the profit of all. Now, if you want to know more about the subject of tongues, it's interesting because this subject is probably the one that, um, in my experience, most people struggle with um, from what they've been taught or what they've experienced or what they understand about it. And it's quite a, um, well, just a lot of people struggle with it. I would recommend, if you struggle with this topic of tongues, I'm not going to talk about it anymore today, but Lance Bergman had, has delivered an amazing sermon on that. And uh, it, that will, whatever questions you have, it'll be answered in that podcast. Check it out. It's on our website. You can download it and have a listen. I encourage you to go there if you need that. But we're going to talk this morning about the prophetic. Now, we see most often um, the prophetic happening in our corporate setting. And in fact, it can be happening all the time. It can be happening without you even realizing it because God is constantly wanting to reveal his truth to us as people. And so he does it in all sorts of different ways. And like I said before, it's to bring a message from God about the future or the potential future or even to reveal some hidden truths about the present situation or present moment. What happens when you prophesy is it establishes a link between what's God's reality in the supernatural realm or, or the heavenly realms, the kingdom realm. There's, there's truth up there which he sees. We don't always see it here with our physical eyes and our physical realm. And so he makes that known to us so that we can see things from his perspective. We can see his heart or we can see his purposes. When we lived in New Zealand, I was running a little group of um, like a boys club and we'd go out and we'd do fun things. And so we went out one time, we were paintballing on someone's farm and shooting each other and having a great time, as boys do. And on the way home, one of the boys was in the back of my van and he was talking just dirty and disgusting and, you know, trying to sort of big note himself with all the other boys in there and, and whatever. And I, I'm sort of driving and I'm gritting my teeth and I'm like, ah. Uh, I don't want this in my car. I don't want him to speak like that in my car. And I was, would have been entirely within my rights to turn around and say, hey, don't say that. Don't use that language in my car. And I felt God clearly say to me, prophesy over him. And he gave me a word for him then and there. So I started to speak God's purposes into his life. And I said, hey, this is, what God says, this is who God says you are. And, and I started calling stuff out of him. 
and the change in him was instant. Because what happened is something that God's already placed in his heart, I'm now speaking and making known. And it's resonating with something that God's already put in his heart. And that truth becomes manifest. He encounters God in that moment. And he like went a couple of inches taller. He stopped speaking dirty. And he started to become the leader that God was calling him to be. Not because I told him off and told him what he should do, but because God revealed to him who he really was. And that's what happens when we prophesy, when we start revealing God's heart for each other. And I call it gold mining. Everyone's got some gold inside of them that God has put there. Some people it's buried a bit deeper than others. That's okay. You've got to dig around in there and find it. And then you hold it up to them and say, hey, this is who God says you are. And they get released into their purposes. So we all get to prophesy. It's um, in that circumstance in the car was manifested by speaking, but it doesn't always happen that way. Um, sometimes uh, my wife's a beautiful worshiper, and sometimes at home we're worshiping um, or in our small group and we're worshiping, and she has a, a prophetic song, and so she starts singing that out. And it starts to unlock something in the atmosphere or, or it reveals what God is doing. Or, and and it, um, it's just beautiful. And so singing is another way that we can see the prophetic expressed. I'm not a big fan of dancing in church. Uh, not, that, not dancing to express yourself, you know, that's all good. But what I mean is that I've been involved and gone to some churches where you all file in and you sit down in your rows and then up on stage they say, oh, we have a special uh, thing for you all today, church. The, um, the youth group have prepared a dance for you all and they're going to dance on stage and they come out and do a choreographed thing which a Christian song and, and, it's, um, and I just sit there gritting my teeth like, why, why do we have to sit through this? What is this? How is this adding anything to my life? That's just me, though. I mean, I'm sure you all love that stuff. And once I was, I was at, a, uh, at our church in New Zealand and someone got up to do a dance. And I thought, here we go. Oh, dance, dance. And she danced this most beautiful, spirit-filled, prophetic dance. And I'm weeping and crying. And it's like, oh, God. And he's just speaking to me through this dance. And I started to see that there's so many different ways that God can express his heart to us. There's so many different ways. Everything can be prophetic when he's speaking through it. And we're at one place and they had prophetic balloon tying. <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not here to judge. I'm, you know, God can speak the way he speaks. He can. So the thing is, we all get to do it. However it is, however he's speaking through us, we all get to do it. And, and you know this because in Numbers 11, verse 29, Moses is having a bit of a whinge because uh, he says, are you zealous for my sake? He's talk Back then, the Spirit came upon about 70 or 80 of his, um, of his guys, and they were the guys who were prophesying. And he said, oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord will put his Spirit upon them. So we know that when the Spirit comes upon them, they're able to prophesy. So when Peter um, gets the Spirit in Acts, he then stands up and, and quotes Joel and says, hey, guess what happened? It's come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. 
And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. We all get to do it. Why? Because we all have the Holy Spirit. Once we're saved, that's his gift to us. But first of all, we have to hear what God is saying. That's where it begins. When Mary shared that word today, she didn't just get up here and make it up. She heard what God was saying, and then she delivered it. Now, I, didn't know, I don't know the way that she heard that, um, but we all can hear different ways. And one of the ways we can hear is in our imagination. Sometimes God gives us a picture or in our mind or, or reveals something to us in our mind um, or in, imag- you know, in our, what happens inside of our skull. Uh, another, another way he can talk to us is he can remind us of something. He can bring a memory to our mind. And this has happened to me. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we're here in Tassie is because God reminded me of something um, when I was asking him whether I should come here and he brought a memory to my mind, which was then confirmed by another event. And it's a long, complicated story. I won't bore you with it now. But another way that he can speak to us is, of course, through his word. We, we, when we want to hear from him, we can just open his word, keep reading until we hear what he is saying because he speaks through the Bible, of course. Um, dreaming, we saw it in that passage. Dreaming is a way that um, he can speak to us. I don't dream a lot. So when I do, I sort of take notice and think, oh, maybe God's saying something. Most of the time it's because I had pizza the night before. But that's okay. He can still do it and maybe he does that for you. Um, vision. So he can give you a vision which is dreaming while you're awake. Um, If you see someone zoned out in the middle of a church service, they're probably having a vision. Um, (laughs) Not that they're bored with the speaker. They're having a vision. All right, that's what I choose to believe, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, (laughs) Colors is another thing. So sometimes a color will jump out at you. God can speak through colors. Colors can mean different things. Um, They certainly had meaning in the Bible and That's one of the ways he speaks. Numbers is another way, not the book of numbers, uh, but actual numbers. And sometimes a number or a a sequence of numbers will jump out at you. Maybe it's a a scripture that you need to look up, or maybe God's saying something, and different numbers represent different things in the Bible as well. And and so he can speak that way. Uh, Feelings, like emotional feelings. You can feel an emotion which is unexpected, and maybe God is actually showing you something or trying to get your attention in that moment um, when you have that emotion. Uh, An audible voice. That'll be a cool one to hear. I haven't done. If you have, let me know. I'd love to hear that story uh, where God's audible voice um, speaks to you. An angelic visitation, that's another uh, one that's just like out there for me, but there's heaps of biblical precedent for that, so we know that it happens. And um, sometimes you can hear a sound. We know the disciples heard the sound like a mighty rushing wind when the Holy Spirit showed up in Acts. Or you can smell something, some sort of aroma, not just the person's <laughs> cologne next to you, uh, but the smell of the Holy Spirit. Um, or some sort of physical feeling or sensation. I was talking to someone and, and they said, oh, they were in the middle of worship and they, felt this, they thought the sprinklers had come on because they felt all this rain. And so they look up and there was nothing that God, they were just experiencing some sort of physical feeling or sensation of God raining down upon them. 
So he can speak to us. This is just a handful of things that I've, I've sort of thought about. But there's so many ways. If we're aware of how many ways God wants to speak to us, then we start to hear him more and more often because our ears, not just our physical ears, but our spiritual ears become open to what he wants to say through us and in us. There's one guaranteed way to test if what you are hearing is from God in the realm of the prophetic. Uh, and that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, where it says, He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Um, in English, that means encourage, strengthen, and comfort. So if what you're hearing from God doesn't do that stuff, then question whether you're hearing that correctly. Because when God prophesies through you, this is the result. Encourage, strengthen, and comfort. So we have a responsibility when we're delivering a prophetic word. God doesn't control our mouths and control our tongue and make us say something. He tells us something which we then have to convey with our limited um, expression, however that is, with dance or with sing or, or speak or however, balloon tying, whatever it is. We have to convey that. And so we have a responsibility to make sure that it encourages, it strengthens, and it comforts because that is God's heart for people. If your prophetic word is doing anything other than those three things, you are not manifesting him correctly. You're not revealing him correctly. So don't add your own ideas to the word. Just manifest what he is actually saying and it can be hard sometimes. I know I've, I've done this as well. You have a word and you think, oh, that's too simple. I can't just get up and share that. It's too, it's too simple. I've got to oh, embellish it a bit or, or ruin it. <laughs> Set the scene and then deliver the word so that everyone comes on an emotional journey with me. No, 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 no. Get up here and just share what God is saying. Now, that means that just as we have a responsibility in giving a prophetic word, we also have a responsibility in hearing a prophetic word. So now when I hear someone deliver a word, because I know that when I deliver a prophetic word, I can add some of myself to it. I know that it's happened. I know I'm, I am fallible, just in case you were wondering. Um, then I know when someone's delivering a word to me that the same thing is possible. So that's why it says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. So if somebody gets up and delivers a prophetic word, and, um, and at the end they add their own little bit about whatever they think, I don't then throw the whole thing away and say, Ah, well, then the whole thing must have been rubbish. I've just come up here and shared what, no, I grab hold and hold fast to what is good. And that which is not good, you just let fall to the floor. Yeah, Easy. Also, when somebody gets it wrong, they are not a false prophet. Um, because why would we be asked then to test all things? Why would we be asked to hold on to what is good? If there's not an expectation that people are just sharing and that sometimes the words might come out wrong or maybe you've, you hear it wrong or you interpret it wrong. And so there's this element of gray area where maybe God's truth can get shifted or changed on the way to, to, by the time it gets to your ears and your understanding. And so that's why in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, it says, 
let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So if we want to hear what God is saying, we'll let a couple of people share that. Different perspectives, different ways of sharing. And then we can, all, we can judge and say, well, is this what God is saying? Yes, I think is what God is saying. So in that case, we know there are false prophets. What is a false prophet? Well, it's not someone who just um, gets it wrong. In 1 John 4, verse 1, <clears throat> it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Or how do we know they are? By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So that's our standard for whether someone is a false prophet or not, is essentially the saying, you know what, Jesus, Jesus is not important. Let me show you, let me explain to you how to connect with God, or let me explain to you that there's something else. No, it's always Jesus and only Jesus, and the false prophet would say otherwise. Now, because there's freedom, well, first of all, I'd like to say our job is not actually, our job is not to be correct. Our job is to believe what we hear and step out in faith and share that. Because if we worry and, and stress, oh, am I going to be right or am I going to get wrong or is that really what God is saying? We actually never share what God is saying. So we, we believe and then we step out in faith. Remember, faith is spelled R-A-S-K, according to John Wimber, because there's an element of failure. So you, oh, I think this is what God is saying. Of course, if he, if he just appears to you and just says, say this, then there's no element of faith, is there? So he doesn't often do that. You get a sense of what he's saying. You get a sense in your spirit, oh, I, I, and you might feel an emotion or you might, any one of those ways that he speaks to you and, and you start to get a sense and it starts to form and then you step up here and you say, okay, I'm going to go for this. Don't, don't sit here thinking, oh, but am I right or am I wrong? Because then you'll never share. And because there's freedom here to get it wrong and to learn and grow and, and in the prophetic, there's some important guidelines that we're going to discuss to keep us all safe as we grow and as we learn and as we step into the things of the Spirit. The first guideline, of course, is that it strengthens, encourages, and comforts. If you have a word and for someone, give it to yourself first. Say it over yourself in your brain. And, uh, and if you feel strengthened, encouraged, and comforted, great. Uh, be cautious with directive words. Now, what's a directive word? Well, a directive word uh, would be this. Ivan, I believe the Lord is telling me that you need to uh, sell all your worldly possessions and give me all the money. (laughs) Excellent. That's a directive word, is telling someone to do something. Now, you need to be cautious with this, not because God doesn't speak that way. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he can speak a directive word to you. But because of what I talked earlier, sometimes we can get it wrong or inject some of our own ego or some of our own uh, desire into that and it can color the word, then you, I would encourage you, if you ever have a directive word for someone, like you know, sell all your stuff and give me the money, not that that's something, well, I'm not... Want to say what God would or wouldn't say, 
But then you would encourage someone to say, you would encourage that person to then seek confirmation. You know, I, I know people who have said to me, um, oh, I, I, like ladies have said to me, oh, a guy came up to me and told me uh, that I'm going to be his wife, uh, that God told him that I'm going to be his wife. It's okay in that situation to then say, well, he has to tell me too. Because there's not one person who is the sole voice of God and who is, is unfallible and who is not able to be corrected. There's, there, there is not one person like that. And so if you get a directive word for someone, uh, talk to godly people that you trust about it, about how to deliver that and, and if, is that really what God is saying. Talk to the elders, get them to pray about it. And um, when you share it with someone, tell them to seek confirmation for themselves. And it's okay. You don't have to be right or wrong. You just have to obey what, you, what God is telling you. And it's up to them. Then they can seek confirmation and take that on board. Higher the risk, the greater the confirmation. If you have a word for someone and it's like, oh, God told me you should drive home this way instead of the normal way you go. Well, it's low risk. What's it going to mean? An extra minute on your way home? You might want to get confirmation for that. Up to you. But if God's telling you through someone to sell your house and go be a missionary somewhere, get confirmation. It's a high risk. This is not rocket science. Um, because if we remember, and, and we read in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. It's all done in team. We do this in team. And so if I have a prophetic word for someone, say I have a prophetic word for Tim and, and um, I would then grab someone, so I'd look around and people would avoid eye contact and I'd find someone who looks at me and I'd say, can you come and pray with me for Tim? Now we do that here in team for a reason. First of all, it's to protect Tim. He hasn't told, well... We'll get two or three witnesses and see. <laughs> it's to protect him because maybe I'm a bit unhinged. Maybe. And so if there's two of us here, then there's, then there's someone as a witness here. And so if I'm saying something to Tim, like, Tim, you've got to sell all your stuff and give me the money. And then they can say, no, no, you've got to give me the money. And we can argue about it. I'm joking, but you can see what I'm saying. There's a safety here from that when there's two people praying, and we do that, we do it in team, and then there's a safety um, for the person who is praying. So maybe Tim misunderstands something that I've said as I'm prophesying over him, and then he goes out and he complains to Russ, "Oh, John told me this and that and the other thing." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't think I did say that." We can ask the other person because they were there too. What did he say? Okay, it was this, and there was a misunderstanding. So there's something about us working together in team. And so I encourage you here, that's what we do. Uh, if you have a word for someone, grab someone else. If someone comes up to you on their own and says, I have a word for, for you, it is okay for you to say, great, hang on a minute while I grab someone else. Is that cool? And that just keeps us all safe and keeps, and remember, we, we actually prophesy in team. And so if there's more people praying, there's more of what God is saying re revealed in your life. Also, because God gives you something doesn't mean it needs to be shared right then and there. Always. Sometimes he shows you something so you can pray for a person. Um, that's particular. Sometimes you get a word of knowledge for someone. It doesn't mean you run up to them and say, hey, God told me that you're going through this blah, 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 blah. And that maybe God shows you so that you can actually 
pray and intercede on their behalf. You can stand with them. Um, you can also ask, ask God how, if he gives you a word, he can ask him, how do I share this? How do I, how do I reveal this? When do you want me to share it? Um, if three people have shared something this morning, the same thing, and God's given you the same thing as well, you probably don't need to get up and share it because we've heard it three times. So just you just be aware of the way that he's speaking. You've got to get up first. You've got to <laughs> grab the mic first. and um, No. Because remember, it's not about whether we are wrong or right. It's about us hearing and obeying. And it's that simple. And so I'm just going to draw it to a close. Sometimes um, we just need to allow God to manifest in us as he chooses. So we don't just get up here and manifest a word of prophecy. We might manifest a word of knowledge and then might be some healing taking place. It might be the prophetic. There might be some, some wisdom spoken. As God's moving, he's moving. And so don't compartmentalize it. Don't say, oh, well, it's one manifestation at one time situation. When the Spirit's flowing, be open to him flowing the way that he is flowing. And we see him uh, manifest in this place. <coughs> if anything I've, I've talked about over these last four weeks, uh, four or five weeks, have um, you want to find out more, we run a class called Activate and we will let the church know when we're going to do that again. And so... We actually we explore each of these um, nine manifestations in a bit more detail, but most importantly, we create a safe space where we can practice on each other and have a bit of a, have fun and and um, and there's ministry time and it's it's actually a really beautiful experience. So if you want to do that, I encourage you to do that. Um, otherwise, we've got now a um, a 15 week series on <laughs> on healing coming up. That's what you told me last night, Tony. 15 weeks. That's what I expect. <laughs> oh, great, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, guys, just, um, just allow, allow the Spirit to manifest in you. There's, there's, not, there's not some weird thing and it's not some unusual thing. It's, just, it's actually the normal state that Jesus wants us to be in, to be hearing, to be stepping in faith, and that he is revealed, he is glorified in the world. Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you set it up this way, that you could just glorify yourself, but you actually chose to include us in part of this equation, that we get to be part of what you're doing on this planet, that we get to position ourselves in a place where you can get the glory, where you work through us, and we get to experience the joy of you manifest in different people's lives and seeing them get set free and seeing them get healed and seeing them get purpose spoken into their life. What a privilege. Thank you that you've chosen us. And we ask, Jesus, that you would always have all glory and honour in all things that we do. Amen. <laughs>